Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Jillian Ahonen. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy you've joined me today. And if you've been following me in this new podcast journey, welcome back. You are so loved and appreciated. I am really excited because a couple of weeks ago, I found out that my oldest son is moving back from Redding, California, which is like nine and a half hours away from me, well, from our family, and he's moving back in a couple of weeks. So I have been so busy rearranging upstairs, moving Colson back into the guest room so I can give Caleb his room back because he's going to live with us temporarily. And he hasn't been home for two and a half. I mean, he's visited a couple of times, but um, he's lived away for two and a half years and missed out on a lot of holidays. And so I'm just so excited to have him back so that we can celebrate together. His birthday's coming up in a couple of months and we'll have Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I am so excited to have all of my kids under one roof. And yeah, so that's what I have going on. I hope that you are well and I hope that you have prepared your heart for what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to talk about today. I'm not sure exactly what direction this conversation is going to go. I'm trusting that it's going to glorify God and that he's going to speak to my heart and it's going to stretch and challenge each of us to glorify God in our everyday lives. I talk a lot about this and ripple effect from many different perspectives. What's really weighing in my heart is that God has called the church to glorify him, to act and behave and shine him and bring glory to him. And what I'm seeing a lot of times, especially in our world today, that there's just a lot of worldly concepts that have made their way into the church, and it's costing us the ability to look and sound like Jesus and love one another like Christ loved the church. Bottom line, that's what's happening. And it's coming in from so many different aspects, but I feel like the root is self-preservation. I feel like a lot of us go through life where we are squeezed, we're uncomfortable, we experience really overwhelming situations, and we have this natural human tendency to self-preserve. And what happens with that is one that's actually the opposite of what Jesus says in Luke 17, 33. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let go of your life, you will save it. And these are really countercultural words, to be honest, but it, it really is our true freedom. And I think a lot of believers don't connect with the reality that Jesus and his way and the clear biblical instruction that we've been given is our freedom. There is a inner freedom that we experience when 
when we go through life and we are unfazed by what other people do, what they say, our confidence becomes so rooted in God. We are so saturated in his love. We know who we are in Christ. We know what we're living for, who we're living for, and it, it's so hard to explain unless you've experienced it and you get revelation of what God has actually invited us into the past, the current situations, what's going on around us. It just doesn't have the same effect because we've got the Holy Spirit in us producing this fruit, love, joy, peace, perseverance, long-suffering, self-control. And what what I believe that a lot of my brothers and sisters are missing is when The Holy Spirit has really taken residence in our hearts, in our minds, and we are renewing our mind in God's truth and living in a way that glorifies and honors God, yielding to the Holy Spirit, taking our thoughts captive. What happens inside of us is so powerful. We become empowered to live in this crazy, crooked, perverse upside down world in such incredible peace. We genuinely don't have anything to fear because we know that our God is for us, that he is with us, that he's gone ahead of us, that his grace is sufficient. We really don't have anything to worry about. I just see these conversations um, transpiring on social media or I've had casual conversations with different people and a lot of times they'll say things like oh yeah you know I'm just I've got to preserve my peace and anybody who comes in to mess with my peace and cutting people off and we're deciding that person makes us feel a certain way and we don't want to live under that anymore and we value ourselves better than that we've adopted these frameworks for living and it's completely and totally opposite of what God says. It's opposite of kingdom. I want to pull from the Beatitudes. Let's just go over a few things that Jesus said in Matthew. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. How often are we seeing believers calling people idiots because they believe or see something different? I mean, we have become so flippant with our language and we have justified bad behavior and things that just do not glorify or honor God all based on really thinking of ourselves higher than we ought. And we have got to be willing to be corrected. I think that is one of the biggest things that I am seeing in my brothers' and sisters' lives is we have become so obsessed with justifying, rationalizing, leaning to human understanding that we have now given ourselves permission to lessen God's standards. And God is calling us higher. He's calling his church to act, behave, and look like him even when we don't like what's going on around us. Here's another one I want to bring up. You've heard the law that says punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say do not resist an evil person, even someone who slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it too. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. 
I want you to really think about it. We're living in a time where we have decided that we're supposed to fight for self and we have used church verbiage convincing ourselves that we're standing up for Christ and we're not. We're standing up for ourselves. We have to be really, really, really honest. Are these actions and behaviors really glorifying God or am I uncomfortable and I'm behaving out of my discomfort? I'm making decisions out of my discomfort because I'm really about self-preservation and not about the kingdom. We have got to adopt a bigger vision for our lives. We have tunnel vision now. Our tunnel vision is all about self. It's about building our kingdoms. It's about doing what we want to do. It's about getting rid of all the people that make us feel a certain way and cutting them out of our lives. And we are not about the father's business anymore. God is calling us back. Here's another one, okay? You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. How many times do you go through life where somebody rubs you wrong and you cut them off? I hear it all the time. That person messes with my peace and I know who I am. They're not gonna be in my life anymore. So if you cross this, if you do that, can I just tell you that when you go through life feeling like you have to have that much control, you are actually completely and totally blocked yourself from some really beautiful relationships and you're making it impossible to love one another like Christ loved the church. The Bible says that we love because he first loved us. The love that should be flowing out of us is a representation of the Father's heart towards the unlovable. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> we're not perfect, yet we're loved. We were once sinners and now we're reconciled to Christ. And so how are we supposed to be that bridge and the hand of Jesus that helps other people become reconciled to him if we're so busy cutting everybody off? You see, it's impossible. We can't live out the mandate of the church. I will tell you, there have been so many people and there are certain people in particular, okay? There are those certain people in my life that have the ability to trigger a very strong emotion. A very strong emotion can come out of me and I've gotten better because I have a totally different perspective now. It's not about getting rid of that person because they make me feel a certain way. For me, it's now about becoming more like Christ to the point where that person no longer has the power to trigger me. See, I've got the Holy Spirit in me and so do you. And what should come out of us is his fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. I mean, those are the fruit that should be coming out of us. And so my goal, now that I understand what God is calling me into, what he's invited me into, is actually more empowering than feel like I got to control everybody. I got to control my space. Like, don't get too close to my bubble, which blocks us from having deep, healthy, solid relationships. Healthy meaning I have a healthy perspective of who that person is because I see them through my father's heart, not through my own hurt. That's what I mean by healthy perspective. We've got to have God's heart in this life and have an understanding of what he has called us to. And it's way more empowering than feeling like you got to control everything. Because there, if, if you're putting so much energy into controlling your outside circumstances instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to develop self-control inside of you, <laughs> you're going to find yourself getting triggered easily often, all day, every day. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to cut off everybody who triggers you. 
realize that makes you an island. You become a very lonely person. Instead, what God desires for us is to allow these pressing situations to move us into spiritual maturity, to really, truly become like Jesus to the point where we are unfazed by the evil going on around us, by that hard and difficult person, by that dysfunctional person that flips things around, deflects, blames us, whatever. Like we deal with messy people all day long. God wants us to be able to forgive them, to love our enemies, to pray for our enemies, to walk in his love and his grace and his mercy because it draws people to God's heart. What happens when we do the right thing, when somebody else is doing the wrong thing, when I say right thing, I mean before the Lord, okay? Because we've got a Bible filled with guidelines (laughs) of how to respond and how to react in every moment, really. I mean, when I find myself in situations, I go to the word of God and I'm I'm without excuses. The Bible tells me to forgive. My Bible tells me to love anyway. My Bible really makes it clear what it's supposed to look like. And so when I experience these things, I'm without excuses and I use these opportunities to allow the Holy Spirit to come in to that space fill me with his peace. I ask him to give me his eyes and his heart for that person who's rubbed me wrong. And all of a sudden, I'm able to keep a relationship with them, even though they're really mad at me, you know, for whatever reason. What happens is it causes them to have to look at themselves. Because if my behavior doesn't change, if they can't trigger me anymore, if I'm not reacting out of my flesh and my human understanding and letting my emotions dictate my responses, they naturally have to look at their own crazy behavior. So without saying anything, without accusing, without blaming, that person is actually forced to look at themselves. A lot of times therapy has actually, now I, I, before I go on, I am not against therapy. I've utilized therapy. I've utilized counseling. It's helped me really process and understand what I've experienced, what I've walked through so that I can put each thing in its proper place, ultimately bringing everything to the Lord, asking him to come in and heal my brokenness and heal my heart. And he does. And I talk about that in Life is Muddy. I talk about that in Ripple Effect. I talk about that in earlier podcast episode of how God heals our hearts. But I'll tell you, I have drawn the line where it becomes so self-focused to the point where I'm labeling myself, I'm labeling others, I'm becoming very critical, I'm overly analytical, and now I cannot be relational because I'm so busy keeping everybody at arm's length, becoming way too analytical of my own self and my own behaviors and putting a label and calling it this and calling it that. And I went through this and so now I've got PTSD and I'm not knocking anybody who's had PTSD. If you've read my book, Ripple Effect, you know that I would have absolutely fallen into the category of PTSD. I've experienced so many overwhelming seasons in my life where I have been triggered and it takes me all the way back to that original scenario that was disgusting or painful or overwhelming. And I have learned that I can bring these traumatic moments to Jesus and he heals me. He heals my mind. So if you want more on that, read my book, Ripple Effect. So I want to be very careful here when I talk about a lot of these things, and like I said, I'm speaking freely today, and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is just going to speak to each one of us individually and personally, but 
what I'm seeing in this new move of therapy, like I said, I'm not against therapy, so please, please don't send me a hate mail. I've utilized therapy and I've utilized counseling, but we have to have we have to have a clear understanding of when we've crossed the lines where we've become so self-focused and so analytical that it's costing us the ability to have relationship. A lot of times what I see what happens, I'm sure I've done it too. Actually, no, I have. (laughs) See, Holy Spirit's reminding me of a season where I definitely went through life. When I gain a better understanding of self, what happens, this natural subconscious thing transpires where all of a sudden now you're analyzing everybody else because you've become so self-aware and you're analytical and you understand why you do these behaviors and all of a sudden you're pinning all of these things on other people and and, and, you, and a lot of people will call it discernment but really it's a critical spirit what happens when we're operating through a critical spirit we keep people at arm's length and we can't let anybody too close because we are judging them based on our human understanding instead of loving them through the Father's heart, forgiving them. One of my favorite passages that I find myself referring to often (laughs) because I've been through so many situations. I mean, it, it would take me episodes to sit here and share with you all of the different situations that I have been in with people where they have really, really hurt me. And I'm not talking about people outside of the church. I'm talking about inside of the church. I've experienced a lot. And what I've learned that keeps my heart soft, it keeps my heart pliable with an ability to love people anyway, is when I actually pray the words that Jesus prayed when he was being crucified. Because I think about that. I really, really go back to that moment and I and I just, oh my gosh, think about it. Jesus is literally being nailed to a cross. He doesn't deserve it, but there's a purpose and he knows it and he's keeping his eyes fixed on his heavenly father and the purpose while he's being murdered for a crime he did not commit. He's getting mocked. He's getting spit on. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. That's Luke uh, 23, 34. I think about those passages. I put myself in that place and I think, man, that is the call to the church. And I am the church. I am a temple of the living God. I am part of the body. And that is the heart that I'm called to live through. And so when people hurt me, knowing or unknowing, it doesn't matter. They don't understand the fuller picture. And I pray those words, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It has become so automatic in my mind and in my heart that I'm finding that I'm less and less phased by other people. And I I will get hurt. I will get hurt by people's emotional reactions when they're uh, misunderstanding my heart. And I have to keep going back to that place of understanding them and honestly removing them from the chopping block, taking ownership of my own heart and saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I get a better understanding of hurt people hurt people. And honestly, when people go through life and they're really hurting inside, that should break our hearts. That should make us feel sad because we're so used to going to Jesus and getting full healing that it really begins to affect us and impact us in a way of 
compassion when we see other people are living with their wounded hearts. That's the heart of the Father. That's the place God wants to get us to. He wants to get us to a point where we are so saturated in his love, where we are walking in his grace, we're walking in his mercy, we are receiving the healing touch of Jesus that binds up our broken hearts and heals our wounds, what happens is all of a sudden our heart breaks for those who haven't experienced it or don't understand it, who are working so hard to get inner healing. They're working so hard to work on themselves and they're not getting the fullness of healing that's available through Jesus. That should that should make us hurt for them, not get mad at them. I went through a period of time where I really just felt like I was constantly beat up. I didn't know who I could trust anymore. I was getting mistreated by people at church. My closest friends I thought I could trust to find out that they were talking about me behind my back. The people that I was actually doing life with and in community with. And it, there, there had been so many situations over the years that it just constant where it just felt like I was constantly getting betrayed. I was constantly getting misunderstood. And I'm, I'm kind of one of the, well, not kind of, I am one of those people where I'm going to look at myself first. I think that's a huge valuable thing that we all need to adopt. And I don't want to go too deeply on that, but I'm the kind of person where if something is going on, I'm going to take an honest evaluation of my own heart and my own mind and my own motives and I'm going to give I'm going to do a self-check through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to I'm going to own what I need to own and I'm going to apologize for any wrong behaviors. I'm not going to give myself permission to blame somebody else for a bad behavior. I'm going to own my part whether they want to take advantage of that or not or own their responsibility. It doesn't matter. My responsibility is before the Lord. And so I do spend a lot of time evaluating my own heart and taking a good, honest look at my own self, my actions, my behaviors, my motives, and position myself and posture myself in a way that glorifies God. And because I've been doing that for so many years, I got myself to a point where I'm like, and it still continues. People still misunderstand me. They misunderstand my heart. I'm really trying to be a genuine person. I genuinely love people. It doesn't matter how much I've been hurt and betrayed. I still want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'll tell you a very specific prayer that I prayed close to 20 years ago, and I continue to as Lord. Lord, keep my heart soft. Lord, keep my heart soft. I refuse to be shaped by my circumstances. I refuse to get a jaded and bitter heart so that I cannot love effectively. Lord, have your way in my heart, in me, through me. Keep it soft, protect it, guard my heart because the last thing I want is to allow my life circumstances make me a hard, bitter person. I want to be able to love. It's freedom. It is not freedom. It is a self-prison. If you go through life bitter and angry, thinking that you are preserving your own heart and protecting yourself, I promise you it is a prison that blocks you from both receiving love and giving love, and it is not God's heart for you. And this was about, um, so like I said, that I mean, we're talking almost 20 years of praying that. And I can tell you, I live in freedom. I do not feel hard. I do not feel angry. It's funny because I find myself in so many situations where somebody is just so mean to me 
And I just, Lord, keep my heart soft, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And all of a sudden I continue to love them. And guess what? The barrier breaks down. They can't help it. They have got nothing to say against me. They can stay angry at me. They can get all pissy pants if they want. Can I say that on a Christian podcast? But they do, right? Like we know what I'm talking about. And eventually those walls and those barriers break down and we end up totally fine and civil. And it's just kind of funny how that happens. But anyway, the point, I want to get back to my point here. See, this is what happens when I don't have notes. Hopefully you're following me. We're having fun, right? This is good stuff. This is hard stuff. And maybe it's really convicting you right now, but I promise you your freedom is receiving what the Lord has put on my heart for us today. And I hope it's coming out clear. But anyway, so it was about, oh gosh, I want to say seven years ago. And I was just in a, I was in a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you want me to love people. You've called me to love, but this is becoming so challenging because people, they're judging me. They're pushing back. They're talking about me behind my back, my brothers and sisters. And I, my heart hurts so bad. It really, really hurts. And I, I don't know how I can do this. I don't know how to keep loving people And I know that's what you've called me to. And so I was just kind of crying out to him one day and I left it there. I left it in his hands. And I, I think I moved away from that moment because this was not the same morning. It was, this was another separate moment where I was just kind of journaling and bringing it all to Jesus. And I think it was like two or three days later, I was just reading my Bible and the Holy Spirit led me to John. And in John, it talks about a period of time where Jesus was performing all these miracles. He was doing all of these incredible and amazing things. And people began to trust in him. It literally says, and people began to trust in him because of all the things he was doing. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. And that's found in John 2, 24 through 25. So the Holy Spirit led me to those passages. And then he said this to me. He said, I never asked you to put your trust in people. I said, put your trust in me and love people. That set me free. That completely and totally unlocked something inside of me. And I really understood what God was saying in that moment. If my trust is so rooted in him, my confidence is rooted in him. It's not in people. It's not in what they think about me. It's not in the way they treat me. My trust, my faith, my hope, my confidence, and knowing that no matter what, whether I'm loved well by people or not, it doesn't matter. I am loved well by my God, and it frees me up to be able to love people like Jesus because I don't have any part of me anchored in what I need from man, from people, from that person, from my church, from my family. I'm not rooting any of my needs in People, all of my needs are being met by my heavenly father. I'm empowered through the Holy Spirit. I know what Jesus paid for and it frees me up to love other people well. I do not have to put my trust in my situation, my circumstances, my church, my people, and I'm all about community. Trust me, this is not a message of anti-community. This is how you stay plugged into community even when it gets messy. And all of a sudden, I am totally free to love people like Christ loved the church. That's how it's done. 
You put your trust in God and you love people. And I feel like that's really speaking to somebody today. You have been so brutally hurt by people, whether it's people from your past or people in your current situation. I want to tell you right now, the Lord is saying, do not cut those people out of your life. Bring it to me. Bring those pieces to me. Bring that hurt to me. Realize that your trust was rooted in the wrong thing. Root your trust in me and I'm going to heal you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to redeem where the enemy has messed with you. And I'm going to fill you with so much love. And I'll tell you right now, this is how you win with the enemy's schemes is all of a sudden you're loving the people that hurt you. And I'm not talking about having healthy boundaries. I'm not talking about throwing your pearls to a pig. I'm talking to somebody right now who's realizing through this conversation that you've rooted your trust in people and that is why you're falling apart. That is why you're not able to get back up and that's why you're experiencing so much turmoil in your heart because you're seeing now that you put your trust in man and not in God. And the Holy Spirit is saying, let's get back on track. Get back on track. Put your trust in me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to fill you. And I'm going to set your feet back on solid ground. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. God wants to straighten your path today. He wants us to stop seeking our will, living through our human understanding, and not get an understanding of our Father's heart. He wants us to go through life and build his kingdom, not our own. I know a lot of my friends and family are picking up and moving away and moving out of state. They're really upset with what's going on in the government, state to state. I know there's many people who are moving for different reasons, for financial reasons, because they were not doing well here in California. California is really expensive, um, and it is really hard to establish yourself out here. There's a lot of stuff going on state to state in our government and things like that. And, And what I'm seeing is the body of Christ has rooted their trust in their earthly circumstances, Um, in the government, in the state. And what's happening is when we see it shake, we shake with it and we think we need to run and we need to go build somewhere else. And I'm not saying don't do that. If the Lord is leading you to do that, totally fine. But I think we need to really remove the fear, the worry, and all that's going on, all the turmoil that's costing us the ability to just stay and shine. One of the things that the Lord has said to me is if all the people who are uncomfortable with with what's going on in their state or in their government, they all huddle in one place and surround themselves with all the people that think and believe the way they do, how can they be a light? Like you can't have all the lights in one spot. The Bible says to go into all the world, right? And so that means that he's dispersed us. That means that he's planted us in different regions and different places. Look at missionaries who go into third world countries. You think their lifestyle is comfortable? No, they're about their father's business. So I'm talking to you today, to all of you who are starting to panic, to to really allow um, you know, what's going on around them to shake them you got to realize that God is going to provide. His grace is sufficient to where he's asked you to stay, whether it's in a region, in a city, at a church, at a job. God is calling his church, his bride, you and me, 
to become spiritually mature, to be able to discern what God is actually doing on the earth, partner with him and remain steadfast. Don't just make emotional decisions based on worry and fear and this happened and what about this and what about that and all of a sudden we're chaos. We're chaos with the world instead of peace and steadiness. With God, we are steady and stable and unwavering. That's when we know that our trust is rooted in God. Seek him. That's what this passage is saying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We've got to realize that when our trust is rooted in God, we don't get caught up in all the turmoil of this life, whether it's a situation with a person, a situation at work, a situation at church, a situation in our homes, a situation in the government, the states. All of these factors come into play, and when we start making decisions out of what we're feeling, we really mess with our own path. We don't have the grace to sustain us when we're living through our human understanding instead of understanding God's heart and remaining steadfast, being a light, growing in spiritual maturity, displaying his fruit, and that is your freedom. We have got to stop making excuses for our actions and behaviors that don't look like Jesus. We need to be willing to be corrected and yield to that nudge of the Holy Spirit that says, don't say that about that person. Forgive them, love them, trust me, eyes on me, and bring glory to our Father in heaven. We have got to realize that when we say yes to Jesus, we're stepping into a sacrificial life like Jesus lived. We have to realize that this life here is really a vapor. I mean, think about it. Ten years ago went by fast. Two years ago went by fast. It's going to continue on that way. And so we need to live intentionally and on purpose. And we need to really own our own actions and behaviors and see if they line up with God's will and God's way and trust him. Trust him with everything. Trust that he desires to mold and shape us into image bearers of Christ. And a lot of times what's happening is we're being shaped by our circumstances. We're being shaped by what that person said. We're not able to love people. We don't look like Jesus anymore. We're not bringing glory to our Father in heaven, and you might get the praises of man living that way, but I'll tell you at the end of this life, you're going to stand before the Lord, and if your eyes are set on the prize and you're stripping yourself of the things that weigh you down, you're going to realize that what's more important is an eternal perspective and for God to say, I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. I saw what you went through. I saw what they did to you, but you brought glory to my name. Well done, my good and faithful servant. No more excuses, family. Let's look at ourselves. Let's look at the way we're acting and behaving. Let's realize where we've become very self-absorbed, analytical, and it's costing us the ability to look like Jesus. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, 
I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.